Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We move heaven and earth for certain people, for certain topics. And this particular opportunity happens to be both. Big time person, big time opportunity. Molly Walker, reporter who covers the New York Rangers for the New York Post, NY Post Sports at NY Post. Are all of those handles workable? Can we reach you that way if we need to, Molly? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you've covered all of them. That was great. Mwalker1 <laughs> at NewYorkPost.com email. There we got. Now we've done the exhaustive yep. thing. Oh, exactly. don't forget about up in the blue seats, man. And say hi to the oh, guys, please. Yes. Jake Brown and, and, of course, Ron Duguay and his Hassans. Say hi to the guys for us. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, Dasko, those are your friends. I'm sure they're great people, but I can't make that assumption. I don't extend it for me, Molly, but there's probably no bigger friend or fan of Adam Fox than Chris Kreider, who is basically Joe Pavelski East. The vision, the skating ability at the top of the zone is what we hear about Adam Fox all the time, but how does Kreider manage to keep himself so free for those tips and as a moving screen? How does he counter defenders so uh, effectively? I'll tell you, it's gotten to the point where Chris Kreider is just automatic in front of the net. And we've asked him about it, especially in the beginning of the season, when it really was, I think, at one point, all 10 of his goals came around the net or around the crease or some sort of tipping deflection motion. So we had asked him about it, and he said that he has been working on that since he was in college, since his college hockey days. It's just something that he's always worked on. And I guess now, at this point in his career, He's just got it down pat. There's really nothing more to say about it. His stick is always in the in the right place. He's his positioning is just phenomenal and it has given the Rangers power play a huge boost. And it's gotten to a point where me personally, I expect them to score on the power play more often than they don't, and I can't remember a time where the Rangers power play was like that. Molly Walker is with us from the New York Post, and we just saw you on the NHL Network. And how in the world did you get a kitchenette in your hotel room? And did you cook? (laughs) 
No, I don't. You know, it's funny, you know, when you travel all this and stuff like that, you know, you reach certain, you know, Marriott statuses and stuff. So they upgrade me every time that I come. And suddenly I have a full blown kitchen in, in my room and a table dining room table for six for one person. So it just kind of is part of the gig, I guess, guys. <laughs> uh, now we've heard the words of Gerard Gallant and Ryan Reeves the past couple of days. They've been here in Las Vegas. But from what you could gauge, how are they really feeling about this game tonight? Yeah, Gallant really doesn't like to play into those narratives. He really had, he downplayed the first two games against the Panthers. Even when the Golden Knights came to the Garden before the holiday break, he said it was just another regular game to him. But of course, yeah, he admitted that there was some some meaning to it, but he tried to give more of the attention to Ryan Reeves. He obviously knows that Reeves was a fan favorite here, and Reeves often says that Vegas is where he rejuvenated his career. So no matter what, if you can make statements like that, no matter what, it's going to be a meaningful return for him. And, and I'm sure when the tribute video comes on, and I'm sure he'll get a round of applause from those in the arena, and I'm sure it'll be a nice moment for him, especially at this point in his career for sure. I, for one, am shocked that as a as a player's coach that Gallant is pushing his players forward to be the speakers to this. But there, there's obviously history between him and DeBoer, and it, things didn't end super well. I mean, it never really does when you get fired, but let's be honest, the Golden Knights don't exactly handle things super well when they're sending you on the way out. But in terms of, of what Gallant has brought to this team and, and how he's coached them, because David Quinn was there for most of that rebuilding process, and some people were surprised that he was moved on from as expediently as he was because, in a way, you almost kind of owe him to have him see it out. But obviously there's been so much success. Gallant knows how to push his players and to keep them close. How much trust out is there out there between the guys and then between the players and the coaches? How has that dynamic changed? Absolutely. You know, I think Gallant was exactly what this Rangers team needed. David Quinn served his purpose. He had a development touch. He was a little bit more, you know, he he overemphasized teaching and he really wanted the, his players to play the right way. A lot of the same things that Gallant preaches, but Gallant is a little bit more old school in his approach. He's not a hoverer. He's not overbearing. He's very much so, you know, wants his players not to think too much on the ice. And I think that's where David Quinn tripped up a little bit uh, with this Rangers team, especially the veterans, because even though there is such an overwhelming young presence on the Rangers, there are there is a, a core group of veterans that are not 20 years old that have been in this league for a while. And I think Gallant really connects with both ends of the spectrum of the Rangers. And I think that that's been a huge part of their mentality. And it does stem from him. It really does. And he's also a very positive, you know, outlook. He, he doesn't like to dwell on, on the negatives or the losses. And this Rangers team in the past has been known to get in their heads a little bit. And I think that that's, that's why it's been a real refreshing new voice in the locker room for this Rangers team. And it's really worked on the, as you can see on the ice. Yeah, some former players who turn into coaches have that versatility that you're talking about with Gallant, and some people don't. And I think I'm talking about Wayne Gretzky when I'm making that example, and it's not usually <laughs> a place where I put him. But you talk about it, the the group that isn't the 20-year-olds, and someone that I, I think plays the game the right way and obviously plays with an edge is Jacob Truba. If, if you see mm-hmm. him around the tops of the circles or in the hash uh, in the D zone, I'm going to have my head up on a swivel, But and he's just not a player – 
that you can miss out there. But I was watching some tape earlier. Uh, I forget which games I were watching, but even to the point of a stick position on the rush, because it's one thing to hit people and to know where you are in space, and it's another thing to know where you are in space in terms of those types of details. Uh, what have you seen from him in his growth this season and with Keandre Miller back in the lineup as well? What has that pairing done and grown together so far? Jacob Truba has been just a, a tremendous presence on the background. He really has that veteran presence, and it balances Keandre Miller out very well. And like you said, the game-changing hits that he's had, and, and even though this is a small part of his game, but he really found that part of his game as the Rangers kind of rebranded into this physical, you know, don't-take-anything-from-anyone kind of team. And I think that once the team started playing that way, Jacob Truba was able to bring that part of his game out as well. And that's the kind of player that the Rangers acquired to begin with. So this season, Jacob Truba really has morphed into that player that the Rangers always wanted him to. And, you know, that's a testament to just getting more comfortable. And he's even admitted it after his first season. You know, he admitted that he needed a bit of time to settle in and to get used to his surroundings, as most people do when they, you know, get traded from different teams, different cities. But he and he and his second season is when he found his leadership voice. So he's also been a prominent voice in the locker room and one that we we wouldn't have even known about it, obviously, not being in the locker room. But players consistently told us that, oh, in between periods, it's Jacob Truba that they're looking to. So that was kind of a surprise uh, part of his game as well. But, yeah, he's been huge on the back end for them. And he's really just morphed into the player that the Rangers thought that they were getting a couple seasons ago. Molly Walker, the beat writer for the New York Rangers for the New York Post, is our guest. And Robin Leonard, we're guessing tonight, he should be a net against probably Igor Shosturkin. I, do, I don't want to steal any of Lindsay's thunder because I know she's got a lot of goalie questions. But <laughs> I just want to emphasize one thing here, okay? In that shootout against Tampa Bay, he turns back in succession Victor Hedman, Steven Stamkos, Braden Point. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> what else can you say about Shesterkin? <laughs> you really just summed it up right there. I mean, just that one lineup of, of uh, shootout attempts, and he stifles all of them. No problem. The way that he skated out to greet Victor Hedman as he tried to slowly uh, skate in, Shesterkin wasn't having any of that. Shesterkin, he's a sh- real showmanship. He's got that, you know, flair to him. And he just, you know, that's what makes him so great, I think. He just really has a has a level head, but he has his, his showmanship abilities, and that just makes him such a pleasure to watch. And it, the Rangers have credited it, their crazy good start to the season for so many games that he stole for them, and he's just been a, the backbone of the team. And thankfully, uh, Alex Georgiev has started to find his footing again in net, so the Rangers really have – two solid goaltenders at the moment. And Molly, I was saying earlier in our program in terms of how to scout Shesterk, and I'm like, don't challenge him in terms of trying to maintain his gaps because he's really good at those. But laterally, if you get him moving in transition, I mean, all goalies do have decent failure rates. And so it'll be a tall task for the Golden Knights to try to find that tonight. But in terms of of, of Georgiev and, and Shesterk and in the goaltending situation, because the tandem buzzword that we've been uh, acutely familiar with in this league, at least in the last couple of seasons, there, there's absolute strategy to that. And for many reasons outside of injuries that your goaltending group has for sure suffered uh, this year. But in terms of the market that is before us and with goaltenders at the trade deadline or, or in the offseason, regardless, 
Georgiev is on a restricted free agent uh, expiring deal right now. We see a lot of people that value negotiating rights, that value young goaltending. Uh, do you anticipate the Rangers wanting to kind of hoard that, or will they try to flip Georgiev and potentially ruffle some feathers for, for a big-time gamble? At the moment, I think with the way Georgiev has been playing, I'm I'm sure they want him to continue. If it is for the purpose of, you know, upping his trade stock, you know, that's that's great for him too, and that works in the Rangers' favor as well. Um, but I think that right now, after the last month or so that Georgiev has played, the Rangers might want to see just if he can keep it up. If he, you know, left 2021 in the past and really, you know, worked out of his bad habits, but the the tricky part here is that Igor Shesterkin is their clear number one. So when you have a clear number one, obviously the playing time is not going to be even. And Georgiev has shown himself as a, as a goaltender that needs consistent playing time. But he also, at the moment, at least with his con- with the contract he currently has, he's a little bit higher priced for a backup goalie. Um, so I think if there were to be a move, he probably would step into either a equal tandem type team or he would become a team's number one right off the bat. So it's really just a testament. It's really just up to what the Rangers feel like they have in Georgiev. And obviously it's really been back and forth the last year. I mean, he, it was a real tough 2021 for Georgiev, but he has shown flashes before 2021. He was solid. He was reliable. And then the last month or so he's kind of gotten back to that. So I think uh, it would be wise for the Rangers to maybe take a wait and see approach, especially they don't need, they really don't need to make any moves at the moment um, because things are going pretty well for them, maybe by the trade deadline, but we'll see. It's a good problem to have, and, and it harkens back a lot to what we saw maybe in Anaheim when they were trying to decide between John Gibson and Frederick Anderson or the Kings when it was just Jonathan Quick and any other person that was coming up through the Kings pipeline because they're just really good at developing goaltenders. Uh, it's I'm, I'm a huge fan, and I'm super happy that, that the <laughs> transition away from Henrik Lundqvist hasn't been as rough, although I'm very jealous for a multitude of reasons. But you talked about Truba and the leadership model, and uh, it seems like they're going through a, a, a similar choreography that the Golden Knights did in their early years of their expansion where they didn't name a captain. For me, it's Mika Zibanejad and it's not even close, but apparently Truba's there and there's a lot of other people on that team that could absolutely serve as that voice, although Panarin took himself out of the running. Uh, where where are they at with this process and who do you think is the best suited for that now and in the future? Because sometimes those are two different answers. Right, that is definitely two different answers. To, to address that first, for me, I do see the Mika Zibanejad argument, but for me, it's Chris Kreider, the longest tenured Ranger, the one that's been around, and the way that he's stepped up on the ice this season in particular, which this is pure speculation here, could be because he didn't get the C. You know, True. Could be, could be an area where he was drawing some motivation from, and I wouldn't put that past him at all. Um, but... I think I think Chris Kreider really has has the voice and and really has the respect of the locker room. But yes, Jacob Truba's in that conversation. Ryan Strom's in that conversation. Mika Zibanejad. But obviously, we we as the media made a lot of it because General Manager and President Chris Jury said right off the bat that that was a priority for him and that was something that he wanted to do. Head coach Gerard Gallant said the same exact thing. Everybody was on the same page that by the time game one rolled around, there was going to be a captain. And when there wasn't, it was a, you know, a little bit of a backtrack and, you know, what is the dynamic what's going on here? But truthfully, 
at least in talking to the players and, and Gallant about it extensively, they feel like they have a leadership group. They have a core. That's why there's so many alternates, and that's why they wanted to go that route. And I think that it works for them. I think it works for what they're trying to build, the culture they're trying to implement, um, which is an area that was needed to be addressed in the off season. And it's something that they did and, and they changed the whole makeup of their lineup and they have a bunch of character guys in there and it's with a new face, new voice, and it's, it's working for them. It definitely is. Molly Walker is with us and Chris Kreider has 12 power play goals this season. 12 power play goals. He has a tendency to get amazing, in the way in the right, right place, man. Yeah, and all those deflections, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, okay, Molly, I want to just ask you this question. Um, first, I, I want to say, I, I say, the Rangers will win if they play outside and they for, if they force the Golden Knights outside. We saw this formula the other night. Nashville did it. And then the Rangers, when I watched some of their game the other night, they replicated that same attack and they kept Edmonton outside. The Rangers will win if, in your estimation. The Rangers will win if they play the same way they played Tampa Bay the other day. <laughs> They were, I mean, four to nothing over the reigning two-time Stanley Cup champions. That's about the best that you can ask for. Just an, he needed all-star performance from Igor Shosturkin because obviously this this Golden Knights team can score. Um, you need the, to be hard on the forecheck and to just be able to roll all four lines like Gerard Gallant prefers to. But if they can, they talk about it all the time, the fact that they need to play the full 60 minutes because we've seen more than – enough times this season already the Rangers blow multi-goal leads in in the third period because they just turned it off in the final 20 minutes so that's something that they need to be aware of and something that they can't let happen. Gold Knights are also familiar with that very exact problem Molly so I'm glad that they at least share that among other things but uh, when you play against the Tampa Bay Lightnings and and against the Gold Knights to an extent it's easier to get up for those games it's easier to bring your best performance and and, and to maybe stop that murderer's role that that Dasko let off this talk with in terms of the Braden Point and the Headman and all the people that they have at their disposal but who plays the Rangers the best who who gives them the the hardest game and and how are they equipped to do so? Hmm, that's that's a tough question. It's a pretty interesting Thank you. question. <laughs> I would probably say, the, I mean, the Colorado Avalanche, the last couple games that they've play, played against the Avs have just been, I mean, when you talk about using them as a measuring stick, the Rangers are staring straight up. And <laughs> that's just a testament to Colorado just being such a high-powered, high-skilled team. I mean, they have a Kale McCarr to, to their Adam Fox and, and a Nathan McKinnon to their Mika Zibanejad. You know, it's it, it's like a whole different level over there in Colorado, truly. So I, I would have to go with the Colorado Avalanche. But the, I like that question. It was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that compliment. I'll, I'll leave you with, with one quick uh, question uh, before we let you go. Uh, who would you rather have, Kale McCarr or Adam Fox? Oh, you can't. You gotta know. <laughs> I had to, Molly. You have to have something to discuss at the game like, in a couple this hours. This is the NHL <laughs> Network. Why'd you put her on the spot? Sorry. No, just that is like <laughs> probably the worst question you could ever ask me. I mean, that is that is that is too tough. I don't know. You know, they're both so they're just ahead of their time, really. I mean, Cal McCarr is just one of the most well-rounded defensemen that I've ever seen. Where his game offensively is just as 
just as immense as his game is defensively, but Adam Fox sees the ice better than any player I've ever seen. And he's also just, he plays with his brain. That's like mm. something that's so unique about him. I mean, who, who has a Harvard gra- uh, degree in psychology? You know, like Adam Fox does, and, and he just he really puts it to good use on the ice. Yeah, so it's, I, I really couldn't pick. Don't don't ever ask me that question. <laughs> well, to quote the great childhood classic, El Dorado, both both is good. Molly Walker, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I'm really looking forward to running into you in the press box in just a couple hours. Uh, if you see me and it's awkward. We just have to pretend it's not because it's a social construct. Absolutely no awkwardness. None Excellent. At all. Looking forward Thanks, to Molly. It. Thank you so much, Molly. I was Molly Thank Walker from the New York Post. That's right, the New York Post. She covers the Rangers for them. And what a great conversation to have with her and a team that is definitely on the rise, but they're at the top of their ceiling right now in terms of the standings. And so someone must fall, and we'll find out in just a couple hours who that might be. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 